Good morning, Parkway Church. How you doing? Good. So glad that you guys are here with us as we continue the series, This Is Us, whether you're gathered together at Parkway, Port Lavaca, Parkway Lone Tree, Parkway Online, or Parkway Victoria. We want to begin by saying Happy Mother's Day. Thank you, thank you, thank you, moms, for all that you do. We gave you a gift today. We gave a gift to all the ladies today, a little emery board to remind you that you rub the rough edges off of everybody around you, and that's a good thing. So thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. Today, we're going to continue the series, This Is Us, and look at what makes us, us. And I think it's so appropriate, the, the message for today, as we look at even the, what we celebrate is Mother's Day today. Because what we're going to look at today is how the church should be challenging people of every age and every life stage to continue to learn and grow and trust and obey how everyone, every age and every life stage has got something to learn and something to develop as they build relationships that build them as a disciple of Jesus. Because I think about my mom, and she taught me everything from the moment I was born until the moment I left her house. I mean, think about the things that she taught me. Uh, she taught me some very practical things, and we celebrated whenever I went in the potty, right? She celebrated. She taught me some very practical things. She taught me some relational things, how to ask for forgiveness or to, to say I'm sorry whenever I did something wrong to my nephew that's a year and a half younger than me. She taught me how to excel at schoolwork by reminding me to do my homework and by reminding me that, uh, that I was responsible for my grades. She taught me some things that were relational, some things that were practical, some things that led to future success. My mom, without her, I would be still wearing a diaper without like any education and no relational skills, right? That's who I'd be without her. And so as we look at what it takes to grow spiritually, I just want to remind you that in some ways, the church is here to be like your mama. And that wasn't a your mama joke. But the church is here to be like your mom, to care for you when you are a new believer in such a way that you will grow up and you will be fed and you will move on to maturity. The church is kind of like your mom to help you know how to live in relationships that are healthy and gracious. The church is kind of like your mom and we're here to tell you when you do something right and we're here to warn you when you're doing something wrong. My mom didn't go to college, but she does have a master in guilt trip, right? And sometimes that's what the church does. Look at that. Everybody's looking at their mother-in-law right now. That's just not nice. That's not nice at all. Y'all need to go back and look at our message from two weeks ago. That's not nice at all. But as we look at the role of the church today, and the role of Parkway Church specifically, we dug into the Great Commission last week, and we said, you know, the church should be about inviting people to believe in Jesus through our words and through our actions. The church should be about leading people to take their next step. One of those is baptism. We talked about how the church should teach the Bible with clarity and with personal application because Jesus said, teach them to obey everything that I've commanded. And we said, you know, the church is also about trusting Jesus together and worshiping him because Jesus said, I'm with you always until the very end of the age. As we looked at why the church exists, we said, what's the unique role that Parkway Church plays? And it's simply this. We are building relationships that build disciples. 
Parkway is, was, and always will be a relational church. We're a church that values a relationship with God and relationship with people. We're a church that wants to aggressively introduce people to Jesus because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we're a church that wants to connect everyone who calls Parkway home to a group so that they've got a place in which they can grow and learn and develop. But we're also a church that wants to help people grow spiritually by loving God and loving people. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you brought your Bible, open up with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 5 through 9. And I'd studied 2 Peter time and time again. I had studied 2 Peter numerous times. I've written small group curriculum over 2 Peter. But last year when we were studying and praying through what discipleship looks like, I came across this passage and I read it like I'd never seen it before. So let's just jump into it. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. Let's start. Here we go. The Bible says, For this very reason, Peter was writing to a church that was persecuted and paying a price for their faith. And he says, for this very reason, make every effort. One thing we want to be crystal clear with here at Parkway is that salvation is free, but discipleship is costly. The free gift of God is Jesus Christ. And when we believe in him, we find life in him and him alone. And that's salvation. Using a technical term, that's justification. We're made right before God by what we believe. But when it comes time for us to follow Jesus as a disciple, now that takes effort. One more theological technical term, that's sanctification. If you're gonna live your life in such a way that you are sanctified, set apart, that you are sanctified, living wholly under the Lord, then it's gonna take work on your behalf and on my behalf. And listen to the work that is described. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. It's almost as though our faith is the foundation from which we grow to love and honor God. That our faith isn't our final step in what we do with God but our faith is our first step. And to our faith, we add things like knowledge. And to our knowledge, we add things, or to our faith, we add goodness. To our goodness, we add knowledge. We're gonna see that progression. But that foundation of faith is a starting point, not an ending point. So as we aggressively try and introduce people to Jesus to connect people to God and to each other, know this. We do it not just so that people will get a, like a get out of hell free card, but we do it so that we can begin a discipleship journey with them while they will grow to love God and love people because they are growing spiritually by taking the next step that's in front of them. So let's keep reading 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Why does this matter? For, as, for if you possess these qualities... Goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, affection, and love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, here's what I know. I know that we all desire to have a faith that's effective and productive. 
That nobody wants to come to church time and time again, and nobody wants to go to a small group over and over again. Nobody wants to go serve in a preschool room over and over again, only to say that this faith is ineffective and unproductive in my real world. We all want a faith that is effective, it works for me, and it's productive. It helps the people around me love God, love people, right? We all want that, but some of us don't have it. And that's because we have stopped taking our next step. That's because we are no longer looking to see what we can add to our faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, affection, and love. At any point you stop growing, and get this, you will stop growing. If you refuse to continue to take your next step, guess what? You can stand where you are for the rest of your life. The warning here is that you'll be ineffective and unproductive. And I know nobody wants that type of faith life. That's why it's so important that as a faith family, we encourage each other, we spur each other on to love and good deeds in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why it's essential that we grow spiritually by loving God and loving people. Let's finish up 2 Peter 1, verse 9. But whoever does not have them, these qualities, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, affection, and love, but whoever does not have these is, is nearsighted. You know what it means to be nearsighted? It means you're unable to see things that are far away. It means you're unable to see things at a distance, to see the big picture, so to speak. So if you don't have these qualities in ever-increasing measure, you can't see the big picture of what God's up to and what's happening in the world that he wants you to be a part of. You can't see the big picture of your life. But whoever does not have these is nearsighted and blind. I think that's Peter saying, you can't see anything there and you can't see anything here. And by the way, for those that told me after 40 I would have trouble seeing and I said, you're wrong, oh, you were right. But friends, get this, though we may struggle seeing physically, we don't have to struggle seeing spiritually because each one of us can continue to take our next step, no matter our age, no matter our life stage, so that we're not blind on the big picture and also we're not blind on the up-close things that God is doing in our lives. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. So why did Jesus forgive you? Why did Jesus cleanse you? Why does Jesus give you the promise of an eternal home in heaven? Jesus cleansed you and forgave you and made his promise to you so that you would live a faith that is effective and productive, so that you wouldn't forget that your salvation is so that you can live your life not for yourself, but for the one who gave himself for you. That your salvation is so that you can add to your faith in ever-increasing measure things that will please and honor God. Bottom line, it's time for the church to see discipleship as not just a class that you attend, but a step that you, that you take. Discipleship isn't something that only a few Christians, the elite Christians do. But instead, discipleship 
is what every believer does by taking their next step. Discipleship is not a class that you take. It's a life that you live. That's discipleship. And our world gets it. I mean, look at how our world recently has changed the way that people train. No longer do you just have to go to a gym to train. No longer do you just have to go to an aerobic studio to train. But they've got these little devices that you can put on your wrist. They've got Fitbits. And what counts is not how much you can bench. What counts is not how long you can go with aerobics. What counts is how many steps you take in the day. Anybody here addicted to their Fitbit? I know people who get so competitive with that Fitbit. I don't have one. I've got a fat butt, not a Fitbit. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's just reality, right? <laughs> I sure am glad you laughed because <sighs> that would have been bad. But get this. What counts are the steps. And I know people that would set their step goal and get so competitive and they'd be walking around, just walking around for no apparent reason. Why are you walking? I got to meet my step goal. I got to meet my step goal. I, I did try it once. I got a negative number. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> what? I went negative 32 steps today? How long did I sit down? <laughs> Fitbit, the good ones, will, um, will vibrate and tell you when you should get moving because you're not reaching your goal. You know the church should be doing that for you? Not just excited that you're here sitting, but spurring you on to take your next step. The other thing that's interesting about discipleship when you see it in a Fitbit culture is that discipleship isn't meant to give you a fat head. The Bible says knowledge puffs up. But what does love do? Love builds up. In a culture where we're saying that discipleship isn't what you know alone, but instead, discipleship is how you live based on what you're learning. What's your next step that you're taking? All of a sudden, it's about building people up instead of about growing my knowledge base. All of a sudden, it's about strengthening others instead of just about me knowing theological truth that doesn't lead to action. Friends, as we talk at Parkway Church about building relationships that build disciples, it is absolutely essential that we realize that our relationships have a destination. And that's so that you and I will look more like Jesus. The reason that we show up and worship together on Sunday mornings is so that we can learn to trust Jesus and be with him and him with us every day. The reason that we show up in small groups is so that we can connect to a group of friends that helps us continue to grow in our relationship with God. The reason that we serve others to share the love and the message of Jesus is because that's a part of our discipleship process. We can never, ever release from this reality. The relationships that you're building here are meant to help you be more like Jesus. And if they're not, I would encourage you to go build relationships somewhere else. Because what God has called you to do is to add to your faith in ever-increasing measure so that your faith will be productive and effective, so that you won't live your life blind to the fact of what God has done in you. So 
Let's unpack it one step further. If God wants all of our faith to be effective and God wants all of our faith to be productive, how can I live that kind of faith? It's simple. Keep taking your next step. If you've got faith, you know what you need to do next? You need to add goodness to your life. If you've believed in Jesus recently, there are some things that need to change in your life immediately so that your goodness is shown because Jesus has changed you on the inside. It's time to show it on the outside. You're living that goodness for a while. What else do you need? You need knowledge because that knowledge helps you keep living the good life. I remember when I first believed in Jesus and I made some immediate changes. Those changes took root in my life because I sat and read the book of 1 John every night. The change took root because of what I read. And so I'm gonna continue to add to my faith goodness and then I'm gonna add knowledge and I'm gonna add self-control. You know why you add self-control to your life after you start reading your Bible and understanding what it says? Because Jesus doesn't want a, like a, a merger with you. He wants a total takeover of your life. And when you realize that you have got some things to learn and that the Bible has authority over your life, then all of a sudden to obey him means you've got self-control that needs to be lived out. And then what do you add to self-control? Perseverance. I'm gonna do it again, God. I'm gonna live the self-controlled life because I know that's pleasing to you. It's hard for me. I'm going to die to myself daily and follow you. It's difficult for me, but I'm a disciple of you. So I'm adding to my knowledge, self-control. And I'm adding to self-control, perseverance. And then what comes next? I add perseverance. I add to perseverance, godliness. Because if you're living a life according to God's word and you're living a life that's self-controlled so that you please and honor God and you're living a life that says, I'm not gonna let go of what God has for me next, you will be known as a godly person and you will be living with godly fruit. At any point in time, you could derail this process. Let's say you read something in the Bible you disagree with and so you don't control yourself according to God's word. You're stuck right there. You're stuck but you're one step away from obeying. And you keep adding to godliness. What do you add to godliness? Affection, that brotherly love. And then what do you add to brotherly love? You add agape, God love, this grace-filled life that because of what Jesus has done for you, you love God and you love people. Look at the outcome that God has for you, for your faith to be productive and effective. The ultimate outcome is that you would live in loving relationships. And as we look at what the Bible says about maturity in Christ, know this, it's all about loving God and loving people. Listen to how Jesus gives us the goal of spiritual growth in Matthew 22, 37 through 38. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And this is the first and greatest command. The ultimate objection, objective of your life and mine is to love God with everything you've got. With your heart, with your mind, with your body, with your soul, everything submitted to him as a believer in Jesus Christ. And then the second is like 39 and 40, Matthew 22. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. See, we wanna make it really simple here at Parkway Church. What is it makes us unique? We're gonna encourage people to grow spiritually by loving God and loving people, by always reminding you of your next step in Jesus, by always encouraging you to add to your faith that which comes next in the development process in your life. We wanna help you build a foundation so that your life with Jesus will be effective and productive. So let's talk about what that looks like in real practical life. Some of you have already begun to text me. What's the number one thing that helps you grow in your faith? And these are unfiltered, unscreened, and I love this first one. A wife that is an example to myself and our already full-grown adult children. Pastors and churches that reach out to individuals with the truth of God's holy word and helps one walk, grow daily as a child of God. I tell you what, having a godly spouse helps you grow in godliness. There are many days when God speaks to me and it sounds just like Christy. The number one thing that God in Parkway has helped me to to grow spiritually is celebrate recovery. Thank you, Parkway, for having an awesome program that has taken me through a journey of healing and growing so close to him. One of the things that's got to happen in a church for people to grow spiritually is that people have got to be honest where they're not right with God or where they're struggling. They've got to have a place where they can be authentic and real. And so that's why we look and we say, that we want everyone to be in a group. Celebrate Recovery is a great spot. What's helped you grow? Bible study, especially in small group. Relationship with spiritually mature people. What's helped you grow? Realizing how many times he carried me through and gives me the faith that there is light at the end of the tunnel. What has he done to help you grow? Get connected in a small group. 14 years ago, we joined our first small group and our life is on a different path than it ever would have been. This man in our church family gave us four words for what's helped him grow in his faith. He says, suffering and God's word that he's allowed the lessons of life and the suffering he's been through and the loss that he's experienced and God's word to help him grow spiritually. Plain and simple. It's the trials that life deals us, another says. Last one. Oh, see now, I shouldn't have chosen this one as the last one because it's about me. Seriously, unscreened, unplanned unedited. Here we go. Pastor Mike's messages used to be good. Now I fall asleep. (laughs) That's not what it says, but that would have been funny. Uh, It would have been really funny. I would have cried uh, publicly, but that would have been funny. Um, Pastor Mike's messages have truly helped myself and my husband grow stronger in our faith and in one another. You You relate the message to our everyday lives. We're excited to learn and grow more and more every day. Thank you. And I say with all authenticity and integrity, thank you.
uh, for being the church that allows us to teach the truth in such a way that we can understand it and live it. Thank you for being the church that allows us to continue to push through and hold to God's truth no matter what. Thank you for being that kind of church. You know, last week as we looked at what we are excited about or love about our church, I was so thrilled to see that we were excited about the right things. And you know what? Once again today, as you guys, the body of Parkway, have given me feedback on what it is that's helped you grow, I am so excited that you are already tapping into the right things to help you grow. I'm so excited that you're already realizing the foundation you need to lay, like that foundation. You guys know the game Jenga, right? Like the game is, is posed in such a way that if I remove certain blocks, oh goodness, if I remove certain blocks, it might fall. You know one of the blocks, if you remove it from your life, that will cause you to tumble spiritually? That's reading scripture. If you're not reading scripture regularly, you will not continue to grow spiritually. And one of the things that I'm excited about is we're creating a new tool that's gonna give you new reading plans and give you new opportunities to walk through the Bible with our commentary and with our explanation. And it's not gonna be something that you have to go look for, but it's something we're gonna send to you. And it's gonna be awesome. But friends, if you're looking and you're saying, hey, I'm a new believer, what's my first step? You need to start reading the Bible. If you remove that from the foundation, you might have problems. All right, let's see. Where else do I want to go? Hmm. <laughs> let's try that one. See, I'm a cheater typically by nature. And so, like, every part of me wants to use two hands here because I don't want this to... All right, that one was blank. I was just showing off. <laughs> the second foundation piece that we want to make sure you have is that you're learning how to pray. Because if you remove this block from your life, if you remove have, how, knowing how to learn and trust God no matter what you're going through, somebody said it's the trials of life that have taught them, it's the suffering that's taught them. You know how the trials of life and suffering teach us? It's because we pray and we learn to trust God in the midst of that. If you stop talking to God when you're hurting, you will continue to hurt. If you stop talking to God when you, are need, when you are in need, you will continue to be in need. If you stop talking to God when you're confused, you will continue to be confused and you will add to your confusion. So we look and we say, you know, the more these blocks that you take out, the more dangerous it becomes. The more people begin to wonder, when does the game... See, I'm just going to do it. I cheat. That's what I do. I mean, my kids would be like, he's going to do that at some point anyway. So again, that's a blank one. I just wanted to show you that I'm a cheater. So the, the last block that we want to make sure remains in your life is that block of relating to people in grace-filled ways. When we talk about you joining a small group, we're not just trying to make you busier people. We're trying to help you relate to people in grace-filled ways. When you hear people like you say the number one thing that's helped me grow again and again and again is who I'm relating to on a weekly basis in my group, what's stopping you from finding your people? 
What's stopping you from finding your group of people that will do life with you? Because we all need to learn how to relate based on Jesus' grace. We look and we say, we're going to be a part of relationships that are mutually beneficial. We look and we say, we're going to be a part of relationships that are forgiving. We look and say, we're going to be a part of relationships that are adding to our life and not subtracting from it. And so friends, I just want to encourage you to add to your faith in ever-increasing measure the things that will help you grow in your relationship with God. I want you to add to your faith in ever-increasing measure things that you're reading so that you'll honor God. I want you to stop taking away from the foundation of your life. And I want you to make sure that you're at... Play nice, people. I want you to make sure that you are building that foundation that's effective and productive. And now here's a place where I've got to confess as your pastor that I've let you down. You know, as we think about what our moms taught us, our moms taught us everything. And as a pastor, I realize that in our church that I've got people that are either in this phase where they're figuring out what it means to believe in Jesus or they figure out what it means to discover who they are in Christ and the basic truth or they're in the spot where they're learning how to obey or to follow Jesus. One of the things that I have not done a good enough job on in the last 10 years is this. I've expected that from that moment that you would believe in Jesus that you would automatically know what it means to obey him that we wouldn't teach you the, the basics of what it means to open your Bible, that we wouldn't teach you the foundation of your faith and what it means for you. You can do all of this on your own and what that means. Like if my mom treated me like I treat you, she would have expected me from the womb to be able to walk and to receive my graduation diploma from college. And friends, I want to do better than that. I want to be a part of building a community and building a church where we look and we say, it's not enough for someone just to believe. We've got to help them continue to take their next steps and do it for real. And so you're going to see some new things coming out. You're going to see continued teaching change and shift because we want to build relationships that build you as a disciple because your faith is your first step. It's not your last Let's pray together. Father, thanks for the chance to be together. And God, I pray right now that you help us to continue to grow in our faith and to love you and to love people. God, help us to build the right foundation in our life and help us not to remove things that are essential to the foundation of our life. God, I pray that you help us to love you and to love people. God, I pray for those that are here today that don't have a relationship with you yet. If you're here and you've never believed in Jesus for life, I encourage you to consider believing today. The Bible says that you're a sinner who needs a Savior and that Jesus is the Savior of the world. So I invite you to consider, are you ready to believe? He's the Savior. He's the Lord. Are you ready to believe that you're a sinner who needs a Savior? If today's your day, you can mark it with a prayer. You can pray. Jesus, I believe. I believe that I'm a sinner and that you are the savior of the world. 
I turn to you for forgiveness. I turn to you for life. I turn to you, no one else and nothing else. I turn to you because today I believe. Thank you for giving me life, a new life here on earth and life forever with you in heaven. 